G'day audience, how are we? Hope you love a bit of Elvis. So this week, we're going to work through some valuations together. Um, I realized that, you know, we've learned lots of bits and pieces over the last few weeks and maybe just one week where we just go through top to tail how you value a company with a few examples would be a good idea. So the the examples I've picked today are done on purpose to cover the situations that you'll come across for most stocks, okay? So if we remember, the way we value a stock is going to be determined by the company's growth. And by growth, I mean the growth in their sales. Remember that from last week? And what we didn't mention last week too much was that there's actually two ways to calculate the growth. You can look at the company's year-on-year growth rate, so you can just eyeball the growth every single year for the last few years. Or you can look at the long-term average, which in the spreadsheets is called the compounded annual growth rate. Now, every company you come across is going to fit one of three trends. There's only three trends. And the trends are that their growth is increasing year on year. So the growth is accelerating. Or the growth is decreasing year on year. Or the growth will be pretty steady at around some level. If their growth rate is increasing year on year, then they're going to be a high growth company and we'll use sales multiples or the discounted cash flow analysis, which is that scaffold from episode 13. So that's that group. If their growth rate is decreasing, we're going to use last year's growth rate. And the reason for that is because the long-term average is going to include all of the earlier years where it was growing really fast. However, we know that the company isn't growing, currently isn't growing like it used to in the past. So we're going to use its most recent growth. So it's growth from last year, because that's going to give us the most accurate representation of the company's growth today. This is really important because it's quite a common mistake and it can be pretty lethal. Well, not lethal, but you know what I mean. Um, And that's because if you've got a company which is slowing down in growth and you use its long-term average, you're essentially valuing the company as though it was growing at those rates that it grew at in its past. But it's not doing that today. So if you do that, you're going to overvalue the company by a pretty significant margin. So just be weary there. So that's the first two groups. Group with a company, companies whose growth is increasing, we're going to use our scaffold, the discounted cash flow analysis, or a sales multiple because they're going to be a high growth company. If the company's growth is slowing down, we want to use their growth from last year, their most recent growth. And then the third group are companies which have a pretty steady growth rate. They grow on it around somewhere in the early teens percent or even anywhere from 7 to 15%, and you'll just see that consistently over the last 5 or 10 years, they're just continuously growing at that rate. And so for those companies, you can either eyeball the year-on-year growth rate or just use the long-term average. They should be similar. So let's get stuck into it. Um, the first one we're going to do today is Ralph Lauren. Okay. So the first thing we need to do is check out its growth rate. So if we look at their year-on-year growth rate, in their sales over the past 10 years, we see that in all but maybe two years, the company's growth was somewhere in from 1% to 
if we look at the long-term average, which is that compounded annual growth rate, it's the acronym in the spreadsheets is CAGR. We see that over the last 10 years, their average is 2%. All right, so great. Their growth for the by eyeballing it and by looking at the calculated long-term average is lower than 3%. It's 2%. Because it's lower than 3%, it means we can use that low growth formula. And remember for this formula, we need the, well, the formula is the value of the company is the free cash flow from last year divided by 10% minus the long-term growth rate. And that long-term growth rate cannot be more than 3% ever. So for Ralph Lauren, let's get their free cash flow from last year, which was $630 million. Now, because the low growth formula is so dependent on that free cash flow number, we want to double check it. We want to make sure the free cash flow number makes sense. And the way you do that is you look at what the free cash flow margin was. And you want to make sure that the free cash flow margin from last year is roughly similar to the free cash flow margin that the company has had throughout its history. For those who have forgotten, the free cash flow margin is just the percentage of sales, so the percentage of money from sales that turns into free cash flow. So a 10% free cash flow margin means that your free cash flow is 10% of your sales. So if the company had an abnormally bad year due to some temporary issue, and you use that free cash flow in your formula, then you're gonna undervalue the company. Same goes for if the company had an abnormally good year and you use that, you'll overvalue it. So make sure the free cash flow number you're using is a fair depiction of the company. And to do that, you just look at the free cash flow margin for last year and compare that to what the company's free cash flow margin has been throughout its history. So for Ralph Lauren, their free cash flow margin last year was 10%. And that looks bang on similar to what it's done throughout most of the last 10 years. So great, we've got a normal free cash flow number. So we can plug that into our low growth formula. So we get 630 million divided by 10% minus 2% with that 2% being that long-term growth rate. And that gives us $8 billion. So once we calculate that, we then need to apply our margin of safety or our safety buffer. This is a very general rule, but for clothing companies, I usually use anywhere from 40 to 50%. And that's just because if a brand ever was to go out of favor, even if I'm confident that they won't, if for, um, for some unforeseeable reason, a clothing brand goes out of favor, that stock will fall pretty hard. So I want a decently sized safety buffer. Again, you don't have to use these safety buffers it's just what I do because I'm really conservative. Most investors out there today, if you've bought any stock in the last year, you bought it probably without a safety buffer. So if you don't want to use a safety buffer, that's fine. I just wanted to introduce the concept to you guys. So since Ralph Lauren, another factor that comes into the safety buffer you need is how likely the company is to go bankrupt. And you'll see on my website, I've already kind of told you whether it's low, moderate or high of a company going bankrupt. So factor that into your safety buffer. For me, I think for Ralph Lauren, they got a bunch of cash, unlikely to go bankrupt. It's a decent brand. So I'll probably use a 40% safety buffer. So that means 
I get the $8 billion we calculated earlier from our low growth formula, and I multiply that by 60%. Because I want a 40% safety buffer, so I only want to pay 60% of the company's value. After we do that, we then add the company's cash and subtract away the debt, like we talked about last week. And then we divide whatever number we've got by the total number of shares. And doing that for Ralph Lauren, we get a value of $60. So with the stock currently sitting at 70 bucks, that's pretty close. And it's probably worth looking at if you're interested. Another thing, another little side note is that because everything we do is very conservative, all of our calculations, all of our approaches are quite conservative. If the stock reaches a level, if the stock is, you know, if the stock is currently at a level that's pretty close to what you've calculated, then it may be worth buying. You don't have to wait until it definitely goes under the amount that you've calculated at. The whole point of valuation is just to give us a rough, pretty rough guide of where we're at. We just want a rough estimate of, oh, is this stock really cheap? Or is it really expensive? And that's what the numbers are there to tell us. We, we don't have to live and die by them. So if a stock is at a current level that's pretty close to what you've calculated and you're sure you've been pretty conservative in your calculations, then you, it could be a good idea to go for it. But that decision is going to be up to you and your personal risk appetite and how keen you are to get involved. So let's try and, So that's Ralph Lauren. Let's try another one. Let's try Under Armour. This one's going to be a little bit trickier. Uh, by the way, if you haven't noticed, I'm doing lots of clothing companies today because if you've been listening to these podcasts and my Instagram page, Stocks From Scratch, you would have found that I'm very optimistic about clothing stocks at the moment because they're pretty much the only thing that I know that is cheap. So let's look at Under Armour. So we're going to go to its growth rates to see how we could value it. If we look at the long-term average growth rate for Under Armour, it's at 20%. But if we look at the last three years, the company's growth has been around 3% a year. So this example illustrates why you need to look at both the long-term average and eyeball the year-on-year numbers. Because there could be a big difference between them. And there's implications for that. So for Under Armour's case, the reason its long-term growth rate is so high and its growth rate over the last three years has, and its growth rate for the last three years has been low is simply because Under Armour was growing super fast a while ago. And then in the last, literally in the last three years, it's just slowed down to a near halt. So we want to value Under Armour based on where it is at today, not based on what it's done over its six-year history as a publicly traded company. So we're going to go with the 3% growth that the company's posted for the last three years in a row, because that's where Under Armour's at today. They're not growing like they did in the past, so why would we value them as though they are? Good news for us, growth of 3% means that we can use our very easy low growth formula. So again, we need their free cash flow for the formula, and their free cash flow last year was $230 million. We're now going to check the free cash flow margin just to see that it's an accurate depiction of what the company's normal operations are. And when we do that for Under Armour, we see that their free cash flow margin last year was only 4%. But if we look at their history, 
we see that they've grown at anywhere from 6 to 9% for a lot of years. So this free cash flow number of 230 million, the free cash flow from last year, isn't an accurate representation of what the company's capable of. And if you do your research, you'll find out that Under Armour's last CEO, you know, got them to grow real good, but he was really bad at the financial management side of things. And so the company's margins started to shrink, but they've got a new CEO now and the company's undergoing a bunch of cost cutting efforts to improve those margins. And they're doing really well. Last year, their free cash flow margin was 1%. Now it's up to 4% and they've still got room to run. If you're wondering how I found all that out, don't worry, we're going to learn about how to research a stock next week. But just for this week, we're just focusing on how to value the company. So so if based on my research, if we're conservative and we say, you know, I think Under Armour can get back to 6% free cash flow margin, which is the lowest it was in its history, other than these bad years, then that means that the 4% free cash flow margin we've got in last year's number isn't an accurate depiction of the company. So how do we fix it? So what you do is you simply grab Under Armour's sales from last year and you multiply it by 6%. And that's going to tell you what Under Armour's true free cash flow is, in our opinion. And when we do that calculation, it ends up at around $320 million. So now we've got all the pieces for our low growth formula to work. We just plug them in. So we do 320 million divided by 10% minus 3%. And that gives us $4.5 billion. So now we need to apply our safety buffer. And I know before I said I use 40 to 50% for clothing companies. For Under Armour, I don't think I need that big of a safety buffer because based on my research, they're benefiting from a growing athleisure trend uh, with covid Lots of people are staying at home, getting more comfort wear. They've also recently branched into uh, footwear and they're doing really well there as well. So for all those reasons, I personally am pretty optimistic about Under Armour. So I only need a 20% margin of safety for me personally. And what I've done there in going from a 40 to 50% standard rule for a safety buffer to 20% for Under Armour, that will come with experience. The more you're optimistic about a company, you'll need less of a margin of safety, if not any at all. And it also highlights the importance of doing research because the more you know, the more informed of a choice you can make and the more confidently you can make that choice. Another thing to factor in, another reason why I only used a 20% safety buffer here is that in today's stock market, everything is quite overpriced and we just use the low growth formula. And the low growth formula is calculates the true intrinsic core value of a company. And so since we're in a stock market climate where everything is way higher than their true core value, the fact that I've just used the low growth formula is conservative in and of itself. So when you use the low growth formula, or the discounted cash flow analysis, the scaffold, you can use a smaller margin, you can use a smaller safety safety buffer because the valuation approach you've chosen is already conservative in itself. Whereas if you were using multiples 
and you were getting those multiples from other companies, which are all crazy expensive, well, then you'd want a bigger safety buffer because everything's pretty richly priced. But don't worry about all that if it's too confusing. It'll, it'll come with experience, trust me. So, okay, so I picked a 20% safety buffer. I then, so I then multiply my value for Under Armour, which I got at 4.5 billion. And I multiply 4.5 billion by 80% because I want a 20% safety buffer. And then I subtract it and add back cash. And I then divide by the total number of shares and I get my calculations spit out $8.40. So that's what I think Under Armour is worth. Or I think that's a cheap price to pay for Under Armour stock. And so with the stock currently at $10, it's not a bad, it's not far away. So if you're interested, it could be worth the look. I'm not giving any advice there, just a little hint. So from the Under Armour case that we just went through, I hope you learned two things. The first is that you always need to look at the long-term average and the year-on-year growth rates. Second thing is to adjust the free cash flow number if you're using the low growth formula. You may need to adjust the free cash flow number because it's a very important number in that formula. And so if you get it wrong, you'll get everything else wrong. And the way we check that the free cash flow from last year was a normal one is we look at the free cash flow margin and for last year, and we compare that to the free cash flow margin for the rest of the company's history. And we just want to see that they're roughly in line, not too high, not too low. Awesome. Another thing I want to mention is that on the spreadsheets on my website, you'll find that I've got two kind of columns underneath every valuation method. I've got the fair price, which is the fair stock price of like what the stock's worth at a fair price without, and that's without any safety buffer. And then the other one is our target price. And that does include the safety buffer that you've chosen. The reason I did this is so that you can play with the numbers. You can play with the safety buffer number to do some reverse engineering. What I mean by that is, is you look at where the stock's at today and you play with the safety buffer number until the target price, which is the number with the safety buffer, until that equals the current stock price. And when you do that, you can essentially find out what kind of safety buffer you're getting if you buy the stock at today's price. That's the reverse engineering. For example, we just calculated Ralph Lauren to be worth pretty much where it is trading at today. And we used a 40% safety buffer, which pretty much tells me that if I buy Ralph Lauren stock today, I bought it with a 40% safety buffer, if that makes sense. All right, moving on. So next we're gonna value sketches. So looking at their long-term average, we get a long-term average of 9% and last year's growth was 12%. And when we look at the, when we eyeball the year-on-year growth rates for the last four years, they're all around 13%, which means that although long-term Sketches has grown at 9%, for the last five years, it's been growing closer to 13%. So we're going to use 13%. Now, 13% growth means that we're going to use free cash flow multiples here. You could use the low growth formula here if you wanted to, but just for demonstrative purposes, we're going to use free cash flow multiples. 
And when we do the free cash flow multiples, I'm going to use the growth multiple. If we remember, that's where the multiple equals the growth rate. So for sketches with a 13% growth rate, I'm going to use a multiple of a free cash flow multiple of 13. So all we do here is we grab their free cash flow from last year, and their free cash flow from last year was $290 million. And we check that that was a normal year for the company by looking at the free cash flow margin. Last year's free cash flow margin was 5%. Looking at all the other years, that's about right. So we've got $290 million of free cash flow last year, which is a normal year for the company. And so we multiply that by 13. And we get $3.8 billion. We then apply a safety buffer. But whenever we're using... Whenever you get the free cash flow multiple from the growth rate, whenever you use that approach, it is in and of itself a very, it's the most conservative method that we use. So I don't, whenever I'm getting the free cash flow multiple from their growth last year, I don't use a margin of safety ever because it's already so conservative that you just don't need one. Okay, so... I've got my $290 million of free cash flow for sketches. I multiply that by 13. I'm not going to use the safety buffer. So I then just simply add cash and subtract debt. And then whatever number I get, I divide that by the total number of shares. And I get a stock price of $28. Again, the stock is sitting at around $30 last I checked. And so if you're interested in the stock, it's definitely cheap. Do a bit of research and decide for yourself. Okay, so that was how you do the maths for when you're using free cash flow multiples. And it would be the same if you got the free cash flow multiples from similar companies, and it'd be the same if you got the free cash flow multiple from the company's history. It's all the same. All right, next up, we're going to do Take Two Interactive. So this is a video game company behind or that make and own NBA 2K. Grand Theft Auto, and Red Dead Redemption. The company grew up 49% last year, so it's definitely in the high growth category of stocks. For high growth companies, we have two options. We can use sales multiples, or we can do a discounted cash flow analysis, which is that scaffold we learned about. I recommend do the discounted cash flow analysis if you can. For high growth companies, it always gives you a way better picture of things than sales multiples. But video games are pretty hard. It's kind of hard to forecast when the video game is going to be released, how much it's going to make. It's pretty complicated. So for these guys, I'm just going to use sales multiples because I'm lazy. And it's mainly for demonstration. So let's say we choose to use our sales multiples and we're going to get our sales multiple from similar companies. So the two other big players in video gaming is Activision Blizzard. They own Call of Duty, World of Warcraft and Candy Crush. And the other one is Electronic Arts, who own FIFA, Madden, Need for Speed, blah, blah, blah. So what I'm trying to illustrate here is that Take-Two Interactive's games are, I believe, in the same class of games as those of Activision Blizzard and Electronic Arts. And that means that these three companies are truly similar. So we can grab multiples from them and use them with each other. However... Because of COVID, there's been a huge boom in video games, and so the stocks have been absolutely skyrocketing. So 
Activision and Electronic Arts, they're both really expensive stocks. So using their current sales multiples to value take two would be a bad idea. How do I know they're expensive? Well, the historical average sales multiples for these companies is around four, and now they're all sitting at about eight. So they're twice as expensive as they usually are. So to value take two interactive, because their sales multiples of the similar companies is eight today, which is double normal, I'm not gonna use that eight, that's too expensive. Instead, I'm gonna use the four. I'm gonna use the historical average sales multiple for the similar companies. And that is a sales multiple of four. So all we do here is we get take two's sales of last year of $2.7 billion and we multiply it by four and we get 11 billion. We now need to pick a safety buffer. Video games, they're a pretty stable industry, especially take two's games. They're very stable. NBA 2K sells constantly. Red Dead's pretty good too. And GTA is always a blockbuster. So the video game industry is pretty stable. My margin of safety here, I'm happy with a 20% safety buffer. I'm also really optimistic about the company, so I'm happy with 20%. So we get the $11 billion that we calculated just before, and we multiply it by 80%. We want a 20% safety buffer, so we multiply it by 80%. We then add cash and subtract debt, and we divide by the number of shares, and we get the stock price out to be $99. So take two sitting today at 160 bucks, that means the stock's pretty expensive. And that's a perfect example of the point of the numbers. They're, we're not living and dying by the numbers to the exact decimal place. We just want to get a rough idea of what the stock is at currently. And look what we just saw. We calculated it to be worth 99 bucks and it's at 160 bucks today. So we can say take two is definitely expensive today. So anyone who tells you to buy that stock, instantly never use any of their resources ever again. And I'm sure every YouTuber out there today would tell you to buy it. So the last, so we've gone through all the major types of valuation approach, gone through the low growth formula, we've gone through free cash flow multiples, and we've gone through sales multiples. We've just gone through how to get from the valuation method that you've picked, how to get from that point to the eventual stock price that you calculate out. The only one we haven't covered yet is using the discounted cash flow analysis, that scaffold that finds the true core value of a high growth company. That scaffold is designed so that it does everything for you automatically, but it's the same principles of, as above. The, the scaffold calculates the total value of the company and then it will apply a safety buffer to that number and then it will add cash, subtract debt, and divide by the total number of shares. So in summary, that's the main takeaway from this week. You pick the valuation method, you use the valuation method, and then you apply the safety buffer that you want, and then you add cash and subtract debt, and then you divide by the total number of shares. All right, guys, that's it for this week. I'll see you next week when we're going to learn how to research a stock from top to bottom. See you then.